0: Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com.
1: Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And before we get to uh, this week's guest, I just want to drop a few things for housekeeping. We are getting ever so close uh, to getting caught up on our shows. Actually, as you're listening to this, I, I should have... The next several episodes uh, keyed up and ready to go, edited, posted, scheduled to be out over the next couple of weeks here, so that we can get caught up in our numbering scheme. I know you don't care, but I do. Uh, so there's that. Um, as you're listening to this, I'm uh, probably working on the Patreon as we speak, and I know we're working with one other podcast to uh, to create some content, extra content. Uh, for the Patreon. I'm working on some other things for that Patreon as well. And uh, we want to make this the, the, the subscription of Patreon be more than just early releases. We want to give you extra content, valued content. We want to put a lot of value behind every single dollar that you use to subscribe. So, um, you know, I, I've, been, I've been talking about Patreon.com slash that entertains for a while now and um now that we're getting caught up with in in some of the backlogs that we have we we can start putting more attention to that as well um you can uh also you know support us by rating and reviewing us on itunes those five star ratings and reviews help get more eyes on the show the more eyes on the show well, I guess ears uh, on the show means that more people are listening and hopefully also doing the same thing as you. Uh, and that just means that we can do more bigger and awesome things. That also means that word of mouth recommendations. If you've already left a review, if you if you pledge on Patreon or if, if, if you can't pledge on Patreon, uh, word of mouth recommendations help. Because, again, it's all about for me, it's all about getting more listeners. Because if I have more listeners, I know that we can start doing more things like live shows on a more regular basis than we've than we've been doing um, some of the some of the things that we have been trying to book have not panned out um, simply because of timing and whatnot but in uh, May we will be doing a live roundtable and, and screening of a movie I'll have more details for that in some upcoming episodes um, once the once all the details are, are finalized but I'm really excited for that. So uh, make sure you, you follow us on, usually Facebook is where we announce a lot of the stuff, so facebook.com slash realawesomepod, but follow us on Twitter at realawesomepod, and uh, we're on Instagram at awesomepodcast, I need to start using that more, uh, and of course you can follow me on Twitter at thatnerdykev. Uh, this week's guest, i uh, really excited about, was, was such a great conversation and we barely scratched the surface. Uh, uh shaman John was such a great individual to speak with. We talked podcasting we talked creative stuff and and we I, we barely touched the surface of, of his uh, m- you know his music career and, his, and being a musician so um, I'm hoping to have him on again in the future so that we can just chat more. Uh, it was a conversation that I, I loved. I love interesting conversations and this is one of them uh, please enjoy it. Uh, and I'll be back on the other end to wrap things up.
0: Now that I know I'm, cause that I have a bunch of interviews that I want to do with people who are not local, but all I've done so far is just local people because Hey, I like the face to face, but yeah, uh, but, but, I'd be. I just was like man i don't i don't you know i for, I mean i'm a i'm a fairly astute technological guy but for some reason there was some thing inside me like i don't know what i don't know what to use and i and i and the idea of bad audio is so <laughs> to me that i wasn't willing to risk it you know what i yeah, mean I, totally I the right answer to even start with this little process yeah. otherwise i'll do what i know which is have people here
1: <laughs> so so uh You're talking to a now seasoned remote podcaster. Uh, And I, because I've been doing it for quite a long time, like uh, just over 10 years now, uh, podcasting in general. And the uh, thing 10 years ago? (laughs) That was just called,
0: that was just called like radio news or something back
1: then. No, no. uh, Podcasting 10 and a half years ago was like only a couple months old yeah uh, and then prior to that it was called I think webcast oh yeah, I remember uh, yeah. because uh, I don't know um, about your area but in in the Philadelphia area uh, you would you would be able to go on to like the big station at the time was 941 ySP uh, and you'd go be able to go there and download like you know not I don't think Stern you weren't able to but our afternoon guy, you were able to go to uh, that the station's website and download the webcast to your computer and then listen to it from there.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: but yeah. So uh, when I started doing this show uh, about two and a half, just over two years ago, um, I, I was looking at different methods to record remote guests because the past experiences that I had were, doing it like okay, I have my mixer and then my computer that records. And then I have another computer for Skype and we're just going to Skype that into the mixer and then everything's going to go. But my problem with that is you always had like the VoIP bandwidth issues and it always yeah. kind of sounded like the guest was on a telephone call.
0: Totally. Yeah. And I, I remember listening because I used to do like, not do, but like take the the old school like easily a decade ago they uh, well fuck they're like online internet information training like internet business Mm -hmm, blah blah, mm. blah and they would always use this super janky technology and it always sounds like You know, it was the phone thing you're talking about, like super hollow and thin sounding and like, and they're like, is everybody on? Is everybody on the call? Is everybody on? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is so bad. But, you know, I am like, I want the information, but oh, this is so bad.
1: But yeah, so when I started the show, it was all about like finding, like, I knew that there wasn't going to be the opportunity to interview like people locally a hundred percent of the time and i've used a couple things like uh call i think it was called call recorder uh Uh, and that used like i i used that a couple years ago before i started this show just like as testing different things out and it worked real well and then i used it when i started this show and there was a severe audio drift problem Hmm. but the problem with that audio drift problem was that call recorder took my audio and you, your audio and put it into one track. So I couldn't fix yeah, it.
0: Yeah, Right. Yeah. 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 So, so, so you yeah, this weird delay that, that you couldn't actually edit or do anything with.
1: Not even a delay that a delay. I feel like I could probably work around, Okay. But it, got, it would, it would start out normal. And then a couple minutes in, like you could hear the conversation getting closer together. And by 20 minutes into the conversation, I, I had four to five hours of audio that was useless because twenty minutes into the conversation, if I had asked you like what your favorite color is, by the time I said the word color, you had answered me in the recording already. <laughs> so it was like a premonition. Yeah, <laughs> and I, 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 I sat here, I sat here listening to it, and I, and I had to email four people and say, I am so sorry, but. <laughs> oh, geez. I, I can't air this audio. Like it's, it's, yeah, and I, it's I would send it to them. Yeah. And, and that's when I realized. Like, I had to find a new solution. And for a while I was just doing that. My old school method of using, you know, two or three computers with my mixer to get everything to work. And, and yeah. then I found Zencaster and um, it, I mean, it has its issues, but I don't know. And I see a lot of people complain about it, yeah. but I don't know. I just, I guess I've experienced the worst and (laughs) and I'm all right with having to shift audio around because I got two separate tracks. So, but I will, and now, uh, uh, if you are, if you need something and and this is something you end up using and you like, and, uh, you end up getting the paid plan, totally use the code that entertains. It will save you 20%. Nice. Uh, but I will. Uh, they are a sponsor of mine, so uh, oh, to be completely impartial, I'll also let you know about this other service that I actually used as a backup the other night because for some reason the like I, uh, my guest's audio would not come through clear. Um, mm. I, I believe it's just called Cast, but it's like hmm, I'll have to. I think if you just Google cast remote recording or something or cast yeah. podcasting, you'll yeah. find it. Uh, it was really good. Like uh, nice. it's, I think I, I've heard of that. Yeah. I, I would give both a try. Zencaster is just what I'm more familiar with. And, yeah. um, but, uh, but cast worked really well. The one time I used it, uh, so as an impartial offering, I, I give you both, but I can save yeah. you money on Zencaster.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, there's a one that I had just downloaded on my iPhone that's come out and it says, and it's really, and it's specifically like there's no web or uh, desktop based app I think yeah. available. So it's just for the phone, but, and I haven't used it. I don't know what it's called. I think it was like portal or something oh. like that. And uh, yeah, so it's like if I called you on my cell phone and I was wearing a nice, a decent lav mic, you know, and you were talking yeah. on the cell phone, you know, we would just record that whole thing as we yeah. talked on the cell phone. So you could be doing a podcast, you know, you could be out in the hills or something, and yeah. you know, basically do your podcast. There's definitely- there's no quality, you know what I mean? Like this mic I have here is like a two hundred dollar mic. I'm talking yeah. into right now, you yeah, know. Yeah.
1: There's been a couple that I've used in the past. Like uh, there was this one called Ringer without the e um and if you're willing to pay for it i I think it does something similar to what zencaster does and and what i believe cast does where it records both sides of the conversation locally and and uploads to your cloud drive so like despite me hearing a couple little like voip issues right now Mm -hmm. in our conversation Mm -hmm. i know that the audio that we're going to get is um going to be
0: Oh, that's right. Basically,
1: yeah. crystal clear, uh, yeah. because it's recording just to your local. Like, that's why. That's why I, I get the warning about your local storage because it doesn't oh. want you to run out of local storage before it uploads to the cloud. But they're also backing stuff up to the cloud now. Zencaster's changed a lot, and and uh, I, I started my first interview off today. And, uh, I hit, like I was talking and then all of a sudden, like I realized my interface changed and I went dead silent and the guy was like, what, what happened? I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I was thrown for a loop. I didn't know what I was looking at.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> so it's, it, it's, but yeah, I, remote podcasting is, uh, the best thing out there, you know, uh, because it, it means I don't have to finish my studio cause I'm lazy, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it is such, such a pain in the butt to, to get something that i i find is decent enough quality and and it took me like so it took me a while but zencaster um is is the one uh that i i I really gravitate towards awesome
0: yeah that's good information i appreciate that
1: um but yeah there's yeah there's a ton out there so do you receive
0: i know everybody's just kind of it's like the moment you think you got the thing and it's like oh somebody's got a new thing and it's a better thing and now you you know because like i'm on on audio boom that's where i'm hosting my podcast Mm -hmm. you know but it's like everybody's you know there's a good chunk of people vying for that market now like they want the podcaster market coming up with all these deals and services and extras and amen- amenities you know and you just kind of find your thing and and then you get too lazy to to jump ship even if it is a better deal
1: <laughs> i i am such like a uh like stuck in my ways that like back when we we did it 10 years ago it was you just uploaded the files to your godaddy server and then you had to like embed the audio file and yeah, I've totally. I've sophisticated a little bit where like I have Blueberry's PowerPress plugin for my website but I still yeah. have to store every, everything's done on my like I don't go to Libsyn or Podbean or SoundCloud like I I know that the value is probably there for me to do it but I'm just yeah. so stuck in my ways that I'd rather like <laughs> just do it the 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 old uh the, the, the I don't think anyone else does it my way I think I'm one of the yeah. last
0: yeah, you're probably a holdout. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: and, and I, and I, part of the problem is, is like, I because I also like produce a couple podcasts and 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 throw them up on my servers. And so, like, uh-huh. when you're talking one podcast, it's probably like fairly inexpensive to go to Lipson and whatnot. Yeah, but, like, right. if you have a network of shows, I think it gets very expensive for oh, those hosting yeah. fees. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah my,
0: that's a good call
1: yeah my method call. is you know it, if, if it costs ten dollars it costs ten dollars across the board until right. I have to upgrade. <laughs> so yeah it's i feel like i'm saving money but i i might be just be telling myself that I don't
0: yeah know. i was gonna say that might be the justification but you could be, it could <laughs> yeah.
1: be. I, I i haven't priced it i've done no research yeah
0: but, that's all right there's time
1: <laughs> it's uh it, we're still in the wild west of podcasting so yeah. And it's amazing
0: because I feel like I definitely just jumped on the bandwagon, but I've, you know, been listening to him for a couple of years on and off, you know, and, and I just feel like at one point, because I'm part of, partially because I'm on all those, um, mailing lists of all those super like Uber internet marketers who've been yeah. at it for a decade or more like Frank Kern and, and Jeff Walker and, you know, the, the, um, Webinar jam guys and just like that whole crew. Right. And, and so you've seen the things that they've sort of veered off into uh, as trainers uh-huh. and, and whatever they're veering off into is kind of like what the thing is that you can make money off of. Right. So yeah. at one point it was like there was people putting a lot of emphasis on the podcast thing. And suddenly yeah. it just blossomed into this, like, and obviously that went along with, with iTunes. But when Tunes first started, there wasn't anything on there, you know, yeah. This, yeah. It, it, it just kind of blew up. And then to the whole, to the point where now there's this whole side industry of like, oh, we're just here to like host your podcast and offer you amenities for podcasts. And, you know, now there's people on Fiverr who are like, I'll do the voice and I'll do the the theme song and yeah. I'll, you know what I mean? It's like it just become this whole thing where before it was basically just this conversation, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. It's – and and I like to credit – I mean obviously there's a lot of – I guess for inside like podcast people, there's other reasons. But the general public um, – like Serial was the podcast that like made everyone say, oh, I know what a podcast is now right like it was like before that like i couldn't talk to my parents about it like my parents knew because they saw me wasting my life doing a podcast (laughs) but other than that like they didn't realize that it was like something other people did
0: (laughs) right yeah just your random curious hobby you know like you're some odd odd outlier in the world which you know i mean by by total standards that's probably still true but yeah not certainly not as crazy as you know they might have thought
1: no and it's crazy that like even in 2018 like on the on the brink of 2020 that we can still sit here and say that podcasting is relatively unknown like in in the most general speaking like there are people that have no idea what a podcast are, is still right like, and that blows my right.
0: mind yeah no i totally agree what do you think is like the next evolution
1: oh my god it's funny because when when i sat down a couple uh months ago we did uh me and my old my original podcasting producer uh back when i when i was too good to edit my own audio and stuff (laughs) uh, uh, we sat down and did like a 10-year retrospective and like kind of like looked at like what we how we started which was literally like figuring out how to do a podcast because no one else did it unless you were radio right save for a handful of people. And um, like, it's hard to, to see, like, I don't know what's the next thing for podcasting because I feel like I'm kind of living it in this world of remote podcasting. Like this was a really Mm -hmm. big hurdle. I think Mm -hmm. that, that existed as little as two to three years ago that, that things like Zencaster and cast and ringer and, um and oh my god uh there's another one that's slipping my mind um that uh i've used before spareman um okay there's all these these apps and uh web apps that that have made remote podcasting so much easier to varying degrees of success yeah and to me that is the hurdle uh so i don't know like I don't know how you can improve an audio format more than you. Cause, cause listening back to audio from 10 years ago, whether it be my own or, or a webcast from, from YSP or a webinar, like you said, mm-hmm. the audio was all really, it's bad. Terrible. <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible, terrible. audio. Uh, but that's what we had at the time. But now we're getting, I think like almost a, a HD audio. So yeah, I, how do you improve someone sitting around talking? I I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, how is it being delivered basically through all your devices, you know, it's still gotta be, it's still gotta be come through your ears, (laughs) you know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, other than vlogging, you know, I mean, like that's obviously kind of a move in another direction, but like, I mean, like direct data input is like next level shit. (laughs) Like, like your senses don't pick up anything. It basically goes directly into your brain.
1: Oh God. And I don't want to do that because part of my, like, that means you're instantly listening to like, it takes you oh a minute, not even like it'll take you the amount of uh, time it takes to upload a file to, to ingest this hour long conversation and that's a slap in the face, the time that you're putting in, the time I'm putting in uh, totally. beyond just sitting here talking, you know. So yeah, yeah. I would never want to ingest point. audio like that or any content like that. Like I, I want to be it. able to yeah. I want to be able to sit down, and relax and, and enjoy it. Like, you know, there's one of the beautiful things about any form of entertainment and and podcasting is obviously you know, someone that drives on a car often, it's one of those most frequently used ones. When I'm sad, yeah. when I'm sad, like I, I sit down and listen to a podcast that makes me laugh. And, that's great. you know, if that's an hour long drive, I don't want something uploaded in, in two minutes to to make me feel happy. I want to I want to smile and laugh for the whole hour, you know
0: yeah totally i feel you i guess i'm looking at it like once the data is in your brain being able to access it at any time like you do a a song a song on your hard drive right it's Uh like the song is the song takes you know if i move it from one hard drive to another it takes three seconds to get in there or whatever right super fast but now that it's in there i can play it off this device or this device, or this device, yeah. at any time at, at my leisure. So I basically, so you're just running it back in yeah. your head. So you're having the experience, the experience of it in real time. It's just where it's stored is the difference. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, okay. That, then yeah. I'm then I'm more on board. I'm more on board with right. that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I also think I would like to see like, and we kind of starting to get that with, uh, I guess if you know within Apple. Um, devices where like if I start listening to it on my uh, on iTunes and then on my computer and then I go to my phone it continues where it left off um, right and I, we're starting to get there but I kind of want it to be more universal where uh, oh, yeah. it it's no matter what device if I'm in my car like I, I guess what I'm really looking for is I'm looking for podcasting to be readily available more so like fluid yeah fluid. Yes. yeah
0: from from yeah totally i totally feel yeah
1: because i still think like I, that's the thing that's stopping my parents from listening to a podcast on the on regular basis is the fact that they have to load it onto their phone and then connect the phone to their car to listen to it
0: right so totally yeah yeah my mom's that way with technology like there's like you know it's it for them it's like i have to send them i have to Print. Go to the thing and print off fill photos. I put put them in an envelope. Ship them to them. You know, so that they can then get frames or do put them in the drawer or whatever they do with them. You know, and I'm just like, you, you learn technology, and then I will send you pictures, yeah. and then you can print them off at your leisure, and I don't have to like spend my time doing all this stuff for you like it's uh um, you know back back when the when that was the only option yes of course i'm going to send you pictures because that's the only option but i'm not going to cater to your utter laziness <laughs>
1: you <know? laughs> no it's I, I mean i'm lucky where uh my parents they they, they just want to act like they know technology so at least that <laughs> part of it it's, i have to they they upgraded to the iphone x when it like literally like the week that it came out and like these are the people who had like the the black and green cell phone screens when I was using uh, the first Android phones. <laughs> That's awesome. and, and now they have the iPhone X. And then like I get a phone call like at eleven o'clock at night because they got it shipped to them and they were going to activate it themselves. And they call me. And they're like, I, we don't know what happened. Can you come here and fix it? And like, Jesus Lord, it's eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> like. <laughs> We've done,
0: we've pushed the delete button on everything. I
1: I don't even know what happened to the point where like I I said, you just got to go back to the store. Like if I can't fix it, you, you done screwed up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah
0: that's great that's uh, funny that it, it's entertaining though that they try yeah it's uh, good you know
1: it's gonna be good fun I, 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 that's you know what in my I, in my years of, of IT support that's what I want people to do just try just just, just yeah. like I tell my, my son who's in kindergarten like and he's starting to read read uh, you know the the 100 book challenges and he just looks at oh, the word and oh, says yeah. I don't know what it is I'm like dude I don't care if you get it wrong just try just try it yeah. man get it wrong. Yeah. So like, totally. yeah. Just uh, if you try, I'm 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 on board. I'll that I'll help fix it then. Totally.
0: No, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's it. Kind of makes me sad that he's so young and yet already fears failure. Is that like? I feel like I, I want to believe that that's something we instill in kids, but at that age, I can't imagine that that's what's going on. No,
1: I, I, yeah, I, because it's something that like I. I don't know that I necessarily fear failure. So it's not something that I think I, uh, I put out there. Cause I, I try yeah. to, I try to wear the, the idea of failure being success training that, you know, totally. yeah. you know, so, so I, like I, not that I like want to fail, but like it's, you learn from it. It's a learning experience. Well, so. you,
0: you have to, I feel like you have to, like, yeah. you know, as, as a guitar player, somebody who played, you know, music since I was 15 years old. It's like, if I didn't have the willingness to suck Mm -hmm. at the first part of that and just suffer through all my terribleness, like I, I couldn't have gone further. Like I would have not had the motivation or the, like for me, it was such a, a cathartic thing. Like it was just a a pr- almost like a therapy for me to pick that instrument up and make sound on it. Mm-hmm. And that, and so I use it in that, but if I had compared myself, which I mean, I did after a while, but if I had like started off and been like, Oh, you know, I've been, I've been playing for like a month already and I'm just suck <laughs> what is going on? You know, yeah. like if I had had that, which I, I probably did have that, but I, but I just pushed through it. Yeah. And I was just like, It was too important to be able to, to make what I heard in my head, um come out and, like find a way to express the stuff that I was feeling in my body and have that come out through the strings like that was so fucking cathartic you know
1: and it's it's I love when I talk to other creative people who like who are doing things that are, or, or did things that I never did because there's there's such a connection there with why people uh, start these things like for like you know uh, whether I would say most creative people probably have something going on in their head where they they feel uh, a little down and depressed and whatnot so so where like every musician that I've talked to like they said basically what you just said me it's like well I was I used to be really love wrestling like WWE style wrestling so I used to go in the ring and just hit people with chairs, and that was how I. <laughs>
0: That's
1: awesome. Or, or I, more so, like, I loved getting like taking the bumps. I loved taking the, the stuff. So that was like how I dealt with life, and and it's it's it, it's I guess a good feeling knowing that every I don't know if it's every person, but I, I, every creative person has ha, has that feeling in themselves, and then. <laughs> The yeah. the way they express themselves is just like the, how they deal with life and smile eventually.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It becomes the, the, where they pour all of that stuff that, that yeah. is like, got to find a home yeah. otherwise. Cause it can't, cause it can't sit in you or problems arise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to pour that stuff out into some container, you know?
1: Exactly. So, uh, w- I, to actually start the interview and have me ask yeah. some questions for once, uh, <laughs> With, uh, I know so one of the things that uh, we want to talk about is is podcasting obviously we've spent pretty much 20 minutes on it uh, right. what was um bef- you know before you got into your podcast what was your like podcasting origin point like was it it sounds like it, as a listener but what was like uh, as after you became a listener what was the driving point that made you say i want to do this?
0: Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, I wasn't even a super heavy listener. I my buddy uh, back in Arizona, he he was uh, he's totally into them. and he kept he'd send them to me, and I'm like, I don't have time for all that, man. <laughs> Sit there for an hour and listen to some dude yak. You know, I don't I you know I don't know who these people. I don't know what they're saying. Blah blah. blah. And you know, but I like books on tape, right? Okay. You know, so I was in, into that kind of thing already. I obviously as a musician took. Took in data through my ears, yeah. um, most prominently, and so um, I finally kind of acquiesced and was like, "Okay, I'm going to listen to this one." And you know, I'd listen, and I'd be like, meh, you know, whatever, not that into it, or whatever." Um, and I t- and I tend to gravitate towards open-ended ones. Like, I don't, I don't really like the ones that are all about one thing. Yeah, yeah. Realistic real estate, investing, marketing. I mean, because what I find is, you know, they're all saying the same shit yeah, yeah. and I think, uh, yeah, it just gets tiresome for me. So yeah. I, I. And then what happened is I always would have these really heavy intense, like I'm the kind of guy who goes to a party and, and I'm going to be in the corner, like going deep with somebody conversationally. I'm going to be the guy who's just like me and some other sp- you know, introverted extrovert or extroverted introvert, whatever you call that, you know, are going to be like totally paired off or maybe the two or three or four people and just like going deep into heavy conversation, like really esoteric shit, you know? And, and I, and, and I love that. I get, my soul was so fed by that that kind of conversation and my buddies would be like, man, you need to do your own podcast. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, let me add that to the list of things that I'm doing (laughs) that I don't have time for and that I'm doing half ass anyway, you know? Hmm. And I just, and I, I, You know, I because I'm such a dabbler, and because I'm engaged and been involved in so many different art forms, um, that there's a little bit of self punishment there for not like just going, okay, just do the one thing, you know, just do that one thing, and just only do that, and just super kick ass at that. I'm like, ah, ADD. No, I can't just (laughs) stick with that. I've got this other thing and that's really cool too. And, and there's only so many hours in the day. But with this thing, I was like, you know what? I don't know. For whatever reason, after all of that sort of, no, too much effort. I think, I feel like, you know, I had this mic and I had this adapter cause I was doing recordings, uh, music recordings. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so I was like, okay, I got a mic and, and I'm like, well, fuck, what do I need for a podcast? Like basically a mic and something to record it on. I'm like, okay, I got GarageBand. I'm like, and then there's like all of these reasons that seemed like excuses just started yeah. to fall away and uh and then i you know was just meeting these people who i thought man i'd like to have this conversation i mean i'm having these conversations with people anyway why don't i record them <laughs> and there are people from all walks of life from all over the place you know and and i want to expand on that cuz my interests are in those areas um but, yeah, at the end of the day, it was like, "I don't have any excuse not to do this. I mean, basically, all I have to do is turn on a microphone and 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 record what I'm already doing. now, of course, that's a total understatement of what you have <laughs> to do when you're doing a podcast. but when i but but i what I did was take away all those obstacles. I gave mm-hmm. myself kind of micro commitments, and it was like, okay, i'm just gonna I'm just gonna flip the mic on. I'm gonna have somebody over. Like I do, we do dinner, we hang out, you know, have some wine, whatever, come into the studio, we're going to have a conversation. I'm just going to, and I'm just going to kick it on, you know, kick the recorder on. And that's, that's how it started. It was like, well, I'm just going to do that. And then, you know, then I would be listening to other people's things and I'd be thinking, okay. And then I love, you know, as a musician, I love music and I love pipping out other people's really good music. And so then it was like, cause I used to do DJ in high school and one of my journalism classes offered me the chance to DJ on the local radio station.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: Which is, which is totally inappropriate because it's a small Mormon town. (laughs) And they gave me, they gave me an hour and a half to do whatever I wanted. And I was a 15 year old boy. (laughs) And by God, I was going to play the heaviest shit you're ever going to hear on this little community radio station that had, you know, Tradio. They had a thing called Tradio where you'd call in and, and, uh, sell your shit over the phone through the radio. I got a 1968 Ford Mustang I'm looking to get rid of and uh I don't know, I'll take $5,000 for it if you want to call me and then literally, literally just give you their number over the radio. Oh, wow. And yeah, that's how small it was because <laughs> they were like four digit phone numbers. Oh know? wow. You just call me 4429 <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. Okay, that's the thing. So, so yeah. Here I am, like doing my metal show, and uh, and then I made the mistake of, um, you know, because back then it was just the cassette decks. I was just doing cassette to cassette. So, and then I'd have those little plug-in microphones into the into the little boombox, and so I'd roll the song, one song into the onto the cassette tape, and then I'd do a little talkity talk in between and introduce the song, and then I'd roll the other over, you know. So it was very, you know chop chop there was no fades nothing like that yeah yeah yeah. and uh and uh and at the so but i was just having a problem with this boom box not getting it to do what i want i had a super intense temper i've always had a really intense temper and so i just started swearing like a sailor at at the that the machine while it was recording right <sighs> and so i <clears throat> i create the show i finally get it created but what i don't do is erase at the very end of the tape After I had done my total swearing fiasco uh, and it's all there and they just play it. They basically would plug my tape in and play it. So they played all of those heavy songs and then it was finished off by me just like, Jackieie Then just going off and then my teacher came to me and he and he was so cool he's like quintessential like journalism mr buglewitz glasses you know kind of a hippie haircut just super cool 70s dude and uh he comes in and he's like man you got me in real trouble <laughs> <laughs> he's, I was like what? I, you know I was like tickled and he's like you didn't You you had a lot. There was a bunch of swearing at the end of your show that you didn't record. You didn't erase, obviously. And I was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. He's like, needless to say, that show was over. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, so that was my, my first radio career was was that dynamic moment. And so. I you know I liked it. I would always in the recording studio. I was record you know screw around with uh, doing voiceover, just pretending to be a DJ, and and I'd actually done some voiceover work. And so I liked working with the mic, and you know, and then like being able to introduce other people to new music or my music, kind of use it as a self promotional tool and that sort of thing. And you know and so it's just that it's basically it, it became fun it didn't became it didn't become a burden it became yeah. this thing like oh i've got a system now i kind of know what i like um there's no real pressure you know it's not like there's any anybody just barking at me to do anything in particular. And and so it just became, even though there's you know, techie work kind of to do, uh, it just became a real creative outlet because it, it blended so many things that I love to do, which is talk and listen to great music and turn people on to uh, to great music and turn people on to interesting ideas and You know, like, fuck, what else could you ask for?
1: (laughs) That's And that's what I love about podcasting is that like it's – there's literally something out there for everybody uh, and I'm the same boat where I really like – my favorite podcasts are the ones where it's just people sitting around talking. Like I I don't need it to be about something specific. In fact, if I – the only things that I have on my – in my library that are quote-unquote specific – are like dungeons and dragons podcast or something that i've gotten into in like the last year because mm-hmm. I, I i they just they, they're all comedian based and it's actually just like it's just a bunch oh, of people wow. funny people getting getting together to be funny and and uh it's it like kind of erases that like uh stigma that that DD has has had for its entirety and right. it's and it's funny yeah. people from you know comedians to I- improvisers and, and improvisers. I mean, D and D was made for them because it's it's just all thinking on your feet and so just a bunch of funny people and that they're the only things I listen to that have like a specific quote unquote topic. Everything else is like. Know people sitting around talking and whether and it, it might be a topic for that day, but other than that, it's it's and that's yeah, yeah. you know, and there was this I forget the name of the podcast, they weren't around very long, but it was just two like friends that lived in Texas, they know like no celebrity behind them, uh, just randomly found them. And I and it was one of my favorite shows that I listened <laughs> to, and and they just stopped doing it. And I was like, it, it was such a bummer because it was. Like my first podcast was Kevin Smith's Modcast. Uh, I started listening to it like at episode one. I was there for the beginning. Uh, Wow! So cool. Oh god, that was was uh, eleven years ago. I think it was. February. Yeah. Wow, February of 2007 Incredible. is, is when it started. And wow. he, and and I started in June or July of, of 2007. Uh, and it's, you know, a lot of it had to do with, with him. A lot of it had to do with just a general interest in radio. Uh, I, I, I never, I never, yeah. I, it took me, uh, let's, uh 30, It took me 32 years to get on radio. I, I uh, I, 32. I was 32 last year, and we put together a, uh, a uh, one-day festival to uh, celebrate the, the first anniversary of this show in uh, January of 2017. Um, and we also were raising money for an or- organization called Let's F Cancer and um i was just like matt like emailed a ton of people to try to promote the show and one of them was a local uh philadelphia like uh it's ben fm is 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 the radio station and they're like yeah totally we'll we'll bring you in it will air on saturday and it'll be a podcast on our podcast feed too so like i got to sit down not in the studio they they recorded this in like a little podcasting studio not the main studio but it was still like okay. I was able to tune in on a Saturday morning on on my car radio uh, and and hear myself, yeah, and it was it, it was uh, super exciting because that's what I always wanted to do. Like when I when I was in high school, totally. it, like I think our one of our local rock stations were like, we are going to have people submit demo tapes, and you could be a DJ on, on the radio. Uh, And and that's like what I wanted to do. And like, to the point, like I said, I, you know, I wanted to go to CBC uh, Connecticut School Broadcasting and, and um, I just, I never did. It was, I never fulfilled uh, that, uh, that part of it. I, and, and it it was because I was more, more of a, I'm a person that likes to do versus go and learn how to do. I like to, I like to figure it out on the fly. And then that's how every everything i've ever done and like you said like kind of um doing a little bit of everything like there's now i don't have one project i have yeah. you know one project in almost every creative field that you can think of uh <laughs> so right. it's
0: totally.
1: it's uh it's very totally. much trying to spin all the all the plates at once and um uh, podcasting totally. a, as you said is the one that it's the easiest to do but it's also one of the uh most frustrating hardest things that i do uh it's 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 uh, mm. there's a real i think to be a good podcaster you kind of have to have a uh like a love-hate relationship and and it's love doing it and then it's all <laughs> the stuff afterwards the editing and the, the getting it up there yeah
0: yeah the, uh, the tedious yeah stuff totally totally feel you yeah that's hilarious Uh, Do you feel like those some of those uh, other I think what you started to point to with this, just to be clear, you know, for anyone else listening would be the the ratio. It's almost mathematical. I mean, I'm not going to try and do that because that's not my field. But (laughs) but it it feels like when the way you started to phrase it, it's like, okay, the value, the, the, the investment um re- relationship uh, in re- in relationship yeah the investment in relationship to the effort and yeah. reward it seems to be like okay it's it's not that much effort but it's a pretty good it's pretty sizable reward you know and that's yeah. obviously totally based on whatever your value system is but it's like you know there are other creative fields some of which you may be working in as well where it's like it takes longer because the at least there's not like with podcasting it's a fairly immediate payoff. I think that's part of the draw where it's like, fuck if you're writing a book or you're trying to make a film or making an album or whatever, you know, it would, maybe it's, it's slightly equivalent to like, Oh, I'm only going to release singles. So I'm just going to put my energy into this one song and then I'm going to do one video and I'm going to release that one thing. I mean, there's still a lot of work and all of that, but, but to me, that's like way less daunting than saying, no, I need 10 songs. And I need yeah. them to be totally awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's the, you nailed it. Podcasting is almost instantaneous. It's, it's, right. you, I, I mean, your turnaround time could literally be an hour. Like, you know, totally. Oh, yeah. It's, and, and to the point where, like, there was a stretch of time where when we just uh, broadcasted our show live on, there was a service called Stick Cam years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like at the time, like the hottest. Live streaming um, utility out there, like it was. I think it ranks number one out of uh, StickCam, you you broadcasting, and I not um, remember that name. I think Blog TV was like the, There was three big ones. It was before okay. YouTube did live streaming. Twitch wasn't a thing. Yeah. So, um, and we would so like that literally was a instantaneous because we were we were live streaming it. It was like a yeah. seven second delay. That's that's what it was. And <laughs> awesome. And then. The audio form of that that we would put out on iTunes like there there was no editing involved really because like well I already said all this stuff and I had all my uhs and ums in there why am I going to waste my time making it sound perfect when anyone can just go back and watch the live stream that was recorded (laughs) so
0: the unedited version of it
1: yeah so like and, and that's like that has stuck with me you know to the point where the only thing that gets in my way um, is, is like my, my own self, my brain. And, and usually it's like, you know, it, January was a bad month for me. Uh, like it just, it was uh, like, I it was so much stress and pressure, uh, to, to do some stuff that I had to get done for both this and both my day job. Yeah. Uh, and it, so like, I fell behind on posting uh, to the point where I'm like, okay, uh, if I start posting two a week, I'll catch up by the end of March. Yeah. And, but uh, <laughs> And like in the grand scheme of things, I I look, I don't know how you feel about this, but like for the most part, no one cares, but yourself about your, like, no one cares if you get your show out on time. Like, I know there's a rule. Yes. You should be on time. You should post once a week if that's your schedule. But at the end of the day, you know, if you, if you have a mental breakdown and you're gone for a month. People Mm -hmm. are still going to get your downloads in a month. Like, so it's, it's, uh, these crazy things, same thing with like the way I number, like I, you know, I I don't know if you number your podcast by episode count, but like Mm -hmm. that doesn't matter. There, there's You're podcasters right. that don't do that because it doesn't matter who it cares? Totally
0: doesn't matter it's <laughs> totally true it's totally true yeah that's funny well <clears throat> that's one of those things that yeah you just get this sort of like pattern that's you know you be from whoever's doing it before you that's the one you reference because that's the one you know but it doesn't make it right or you know it doesn't really have any impact what you whatsoever like you were saying and and for me one of the reasons like and this is something i would never have done as a musician (laughs) you know but but the idea of editing um was just not on my to-do list i'm like (laughs) if i have to you know if like i mean other than cutting the intro doing the opener you know like the the obvious things but unless there was some major major flub in it like because sometimes the system will just glitch out right and uh you know so you cut back in and then you know you tweak that and smooth that out but like for the most part i've not edited those things at all because it's like it's just way too much effort man it's way too much effort (laughs) it's
1: it's uh with my own show this show here my editing process is all right uh, i'll i'll listen to it to make sure there's no audio drift issues uh, right as long as there's no and, and oftentimes it's me listening to the first five minutes and the last 10 minutes to make sure that yeah, everything stays aligned totally. and, and and then it's just kind of doing the little extra polish making sure i have my intros my outros and yeah but it's all kind of level and, and other than that, so like at, at most i'm spending the length of the episode editing if i feel like i need right. to to go that
0: way
1: totally. and yeah I, that's something that didn't happen before stick cam before stick cam it was a four-hour process and and
0: Right, I would yeah. say
1: what a majority of podcasters do. I mean, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe everyone finally caught up to me, but uh, yeah, and, and you, like we, like I love that there's another uh, soul out there that feels like editing is is I don't want to say useless. It is important, and uh yeah, but it, it, editing out the the o's and ums to me, that's that's what makes a conversation sound like a conversation versus like uh, a, a heavily produced uh
0: data download yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> totally well and the, and the thing
0: about that too i think because i having worked as an editor like a, a video editor like the whole thing about me working with clients uh, people who are not used to being on camera typically business owners and whatnot who have no media savvy whatsoever so I, and and i you know i had to make them look good right so part of part of that is getting good b-roll to cover up all the edits like if i you know if i could stay on a on a uh, uh t- on-air talent for 3 minutes and just let them express themselves really authentically and 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 you know open real raw just you know that's compelling to watch for 3 minutes yeah. somebody who's really just getting into it Um, because it's real, it's raw, it's authentic, and it's rare. And so, but, but because the camera does what it does to people psychologically, they just become weird and robotic and awkward and did it, and their naturalness disappears. So, like, I would have to do my best as a psychologist to, like, make them feel super comfortable on camera. And really calm them and like, okay, this is just a conversation between two human beings. Like, forget this camera is even here. We're just, you and I, look at me, like we're having a conversation, right? So I'd have to like kind of run the camera and then then give this, you know, empathetic attention to the on-air talent to get them to really be there, you know, be present and deliver the information in a way that's just doesn't feel totally canned. And I would say 90% of the time I, I did pretty good at getting that, but there was that 10% of the time where it's just like, they would not lighten up. You know, they just couldn't get out of this fear mode, this weird mode. And, uh, and subsequently I'd have to sit there in the editing bay and chop all that shit up because they were just so bad. (laughs) And, uh, and then and then I'd have to cover all those cuts because now there's a gazillion cuts. So basically, I wouldn't even edit like video editors generally edit for video. Like their whole thing first is to look at the video and go, OK, what visually makes sense. But for me, with interviews, I would basically edit for audio. So yeah. I'd sit there and listen. And I'd be like, it doesn't matter what they look like because I'm going to cover all that shit with B-roll. So they'll never know the difference. Like that's my thing. And so I just listen back and I just basically get them to say what I wanted them to say, you know, by cutting their audio or cutting the whole, the whole thing. And then with the video, it's like, okay, and here's a cut. All right. I need some B-roll. I need a series of B-roll shots here. Okay. Now here's a good piece of them talking for about 30 seconds and actually getting it and looking not totally like a deer in the headlights. And then, okay, now I got to cut it again. And, and so that was just the pattern is just creating these cuts to, to find a soft, fluid way to make it not look like, oh, and by the way, I'm cutting to all this B-roll because they suck. <laughs> like, it's like, uh, it may, it, you know, you watch it. Most people have no idea. They watch it and they're just like, oh, nice. That's a really nice video. Yeah. I'm like, you, you have no idea what you're seeing right now, do you? <laughs> like, and, and the people who, who, who did the interview would watch it back and be like, wow, I had no idea I was that articulate. <laughs> and I'm like, you are not that articulate, my friend. I'm sorry to tell you, if you want to watch the raw video, then then you can make a course correction about how you approach this next time. But right now, I'm going to take the glory for making you look like you know what the hell you're talking
1: about. Yeah, I, I, that's, I don't edit much video. Every now and then I'll have a, a friend that's doing like a Kickstarter or something and – uh, right. the, I'll help them film it because I mm-hmm. have all a, a lot of the audio equipment that we need, uh, and then uh, you know, thankfully, it's just a uh, Kickstarter thing, so we just use the four K iPhone or whatever, and totally, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, like it is. I guess it's it goes back to me, like I guess being lazy in that, like my audio. <laughs> I, I know I it's rare that I have to edit. It's rare, even like other shows like any yeah. shows that i come on to produce i tell them like listen my editing i don't do heavy editing so unless you're very specific about what you want cut out i'm not cutting much um and right. I'll, I'll use my judgment on certain things and and maybe i'll i'll cut some like if you if you're gonna hit record for 10 minutes before you say welcome to the show I, i'll probably cut that right. 10 minutes unless i feel like it's really good or but like you know i, I I don't want to. I don't want to spend four hours editing a, a one-hour show, uh, but when you're, right. when you're doing video, it, it takes like I think we did like a two and a half, maybe three-minute Kickstarter video, and it, and it took me, you know, twenty hours to to edit because if not longer it probably took longer but because because you're you're doing the (laughs) main footage then you're doing like you said the b footage and it's all this all this stuff that you're putting on top of each other and then it's like oh by the way this this uh take that i thought we got it totally blows we need to re-record the audio at least (laughs) and i'll just cover it up with the b footage so yeah uh, yeah
0: exactly So this is super complex puzzle that you're piecing together and having to make these like executive decisions second after second after second second that make all the difference in the world. And at least for my eye, but I mean, I I also have to realize like my eye is is looking for things that other people aren't looking for, you know, so I have to sort of merit that out too. It's like, it's that law of diminishing Mm -hmm. returns, you know, it's like, okay. I'm going to see this, but at this point we're so far into it. And so backwards in terms of how the cost <laughs> for the production costs that it's like, if you want that slight thing fixed, man, that's going to cost you another thousand yeah, bucks, yeah. you know? And, and then clients are like,
1: Oh yeah, I guess it's not that big <laughs> yeah, yeah. a deal. <laughs> no, I, and I, it's, 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 I don't even know how to think in terms of the cost because like, it's always like, well, you're clearly running a Kickstarter, so you don't have money. So i and your friend right? So I'm not, oh, totally. Like I have a hard time charging people that I know anything, and uh, so it's like, all right, just like if you if you do real well, just remember who did this for you, okay? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, I I do. I, I know we're coming up at the end of our hour here, so I do want to chat about uh, you. You had uh, <laughs> mentioned something about a retreat that you wanted to chat about. So, so tell me a little bit about this retreat uh, and and what it what it's for and whatnot.
0: Okay, so. Yeah, well, that kind of – I mean, it does definitely ties into what we've been talking about just in terms of the – because it's a creativity retreat. So so basically, it's called ConsciousCreativesCamp.com, and that's – so you you can go there. And right now, it's just a landing page where you can sign up if if people are interested in getting the invitations to the series we're going to do. So ideally, I want to do four a year, and um, and those will be three-day – destination-based retreats because it, it combines like I did you know I ran a travel blog for two years while I was on the road for two years basically and wrote articles did videos you know and this was in 2000 I was actually doing that I think around 2007 oh, wow. when you were doing when yeah. you started podcasting so and um and in 2000 early 2000s I was I started my travel blog then because I was doing video promo for the internet which wasn't even yeah, it yeah. wasn't even really a thing yet, but I knew, I knew that it was going to be. So I hit up this production or this uh, adventure travel company in San Francisco and I said, Hey, I'd love to just trade you. <clears throat> I'll do a promo video for one of your trips if you let me go for free. And they're like, Yeah, sounds good. And so, yeah, I went down to what I it was like a 14 day national parks tour kind of thing. And I just brought my had a digital eight, it um, was a digi, digi
1: 8 okay, camera, Sony
0: okay. Digi 8. And, uh and uh shot the whole thing on that. And it was just an amazing life changing trip for me. So like, the video represented that like, I just put this love and soul and passion into this video that it did for them, because it was just so that's what I experienced from it. And that's what I shot, you know, so it was just that, like, really, it was provocative. You know, they really felt the video and I picked really good music and, you know, didn't really worry about (laughs) copyright infringement. I just picked what I, I just picked what I wanted, you know, what I thought represented the feeling and the mood. And, and so they loved it. And they ended up sending me to Costa Rica and to Alaska and to Baja a couple of times and, you know, throughout different national parks. And, and so, yeah, that was like part of this whole sort of global globe trotting phase that I went through through and uh and so what i wanted to do and i've been you know a musician a filmmaker a writer a copywriter like fiction writer photographer i got a you know i won some uh like a w- award in this magazine for like best photographer cool. or whatever and won a bunch of money from that and you know so it's like i've done all of this stuff i've been behind the camera i've been in front of the camera in people's films and so there's this, and what I realize is like, okay, I have, you know, none of these things. And like, like my one claim to fame, like this is my, you know, sort of bragging right that as somebody else would actually evaluate as significant was I got to open for the Foo Fighters. Cool. In two thousand seven. So yeah. that was a pretty good deal, you know. But it's like I could break that down and be like, well, you know, like they didn't pick you because it was like a thing for the DNC, you know. We were, we were. It's like the Food Fighters were basically supporting yeah. the Democratic candidate, and so we had a political in, and we got, you know, so we got to open for them. So you know, we could break it apart. But it was like I did play in front of probably about seven thousand yeah. people, you know, and they were they were listening to us, you know, and it was it was awesome. And so it's like all of that kind of stuff. But it's like, how do I? But, I, you know, if you do any one of those things, like if you're a filmmaker, a musician or a writer, you know, they're kind of like you're kind of in your yeah. own little bubble. Right. I mean, if you do it the normal way. And for me, having studied yoga and having, you know, had much more kind of esoteric spiritual kind of experiences and breakthroughs and and that kind of stuff, it was like and liking yoga and liking hiking in the outdoors and travel and all that kind of stuff. It's like, how do I blend those things together because it didn't really appeal to me to be just on stage. I love to be on stage, but it doesn't appeal to me to just be there. Like, you know, I get off the stage when I would do my shows and I, and, and people would come up to me like, Oh, your music, blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, thank you. Thank you. And yeah. then I would ask them questions and be like, well, you know, like, so who else are you into? I mean, I appreciate that. But like, what do you, what else are you listen to? And I'd we'd start like interviewing them like a journalist and they'd be like, Oh, well, yeah. And then they start to tell me their story, you know, and, and I really like that dynamic. And like I said, with the whole story about being 15 year old where guitar, basically I felt like guitar just saved my life. It was therapy for me. Like it was my therapist. And, um, and and so I know the cathartic therapeutic aspects of music. I know how it helps in building community, in in having managed bands and having played in like percussion orchestras and things like that. You know, I know the the meditative uh, sort of sacred side of the music. I also know what good rock rock and roll is about. You know, so it's like uh, this idea of like, hey, I can bring people into this environment where they get to. It's kind of like for the music part of it, it would kind of be like school of rock only in some really kick ass location instead of a strip mall. You know, like it'd be like, okay, you're going to come and you're going to and it wouldn't necessarily just be rock, but you're going to come to this three day thing. We're going to focus on writing and and creating music and we're going to focus on like some aspects of like more uh, spiritual music through chant and, and that sort of thing or we can and or we can sort of include like drum drum circles and Kichak monkey chant which is like a balinese thing and you know write songwriting and writing poetry to lay upon music and you know what i mean like so you kind of pick just one or two things that work well together and focus for three days on like creating opening up those channels of creativity and using those particular uh, devices to to communicate that but then i would love to do seven day i want to uh, take that longer and do a seven day where it's like basically an immersion of like because like just you know the research on creativity in terms of the therapeutic quality to now i mean obviously i experienced it personally but But, but the research is undeniable. Like the data that shows like how the brain changes when it's lit up by a creativity, by a creative action. And so like 10 minutes of painting for somebody, you know, can be like five months of therapy, you know, it's like, I mean, I don't know those, that's not, that's not a number to quote, be quoted. It's It's quoted. Yeah. You're you're stuck with it, (laughs) baby. Um. But, but it is like, it's that thing we were talking about in terms of like, the return is almost is immediate, you know, you're really getting the value from it as you're doing it in real time. And you not only that, but when you're done, you carry the sort of phantom value of that into the into more moments of your life, right? And then when you dry up, it's like, okay, it's time to create it's like a drug, basically. Yeah. It's like you get you you know, you sort of sort of the effects peter out and you're like, Oh man, I gotta pick up that guitar again. I'm feeling like oh frenetic, or I gotta pick up that camera again and go shoot some pictures, or I gotta whatever that looks like, whatever example mm-hmm. that is for you. It's like um, you start to realize like, oh, this is an addiction that could actually really be beneficial yeah, to me. Yeah.
1: What, what so, like I we mentioned that. earlier with you and your music and me and me and wrestling, that was my addiction for years. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, it's, and people looked at me like I was crazy. My parents, my, my uncle and and, and family and friends, like, why do you want to, you know, go in there? And like, we started on the ground. So like we're, we're taking those bumps that the, the professionals take in a ring oh, yeah. on the ground. And then eventually right. we built a ring and then eventually we bought a ring. And eventually we started going from the backyard to professional buildings to do it. and, And it was like, what you don't know is like this, it's this or like, I, I go do a lot of drugs. Like, totally. Yeah, exactly. This is
0: what you got to find a container for this stuff.
1: And it's, it's something that like. You know, no matter how silly it is, and I know that, like, why my my I have arthritis in my knees at thirty three is is because of all the you know bad bumps I took, and why my back <laughs> right, the
0: chairs across the knee.
1: It's just, it's, it's. it's <laughs> I know it's. I'm in pain because of all of that, but you know what? Like, I wasn't in pain in my in my angsty years because of it. So.
0: No. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the yeah. deeper pain, not the surface pain. Yeah, the
1: emotional exactly. pain. So like know. yeah, it, totally. those addictions did you, did oh, you video yeah. that? Did anybody get any yeah. video of that? <laughs> That's got to be it's, legendary. We, I have a couple of the old VHS tapes from when we, we recorded totally. Backyard Stuff. But the, the stuff that I – I have almost every quote-unquote professional show that we did on DVD. There's a couple that I'm, I'm missing that that I'm trying to, to get back from other people to get copies from. But uh, – and it's yeah. funny because I remember – uh thinking like well i wasn't great but i wasn't terrible and and going back and watching those like it's like well i I mean that is still the kind of how i feel except i gave myself way too much crap like i'm not that terrible like as much as i thought it was like i actually kind of knew what i was doing but oh here's like five things that i completely did wrong that i should have done this in the moment but you know uh and i'm so I'm, i'm still such the critique of myself but yeah it's uh, I love going back and and watching it every now and then and and it's um, just one of those experiences that like you you can't uh, to people who don't get it, like, you just can't explain why it was as stupid as it was. it's it's it was so much fun and 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 just worth it. Okay. It was worth this you know the smiles that you got from it. Totally well, and I think if that kind of person would be
0: somebody who's probably really yeah, yeah. bound up, <laughs> you know, because like, because anybody who has their version of that, like, what you're communicating there is so gut level stuff that it doesn't like if they understand, like, it doesn't obviously like you and I have different lenses for that experience, but like, but the essential quality of that experience is under- underlies all of it, so it's like, it doesn't matter. Like uh, Duncan Trussell said, it's like, you know, this is the song. That's the song, and we're yeah. just picking yeah, our dance, yeah. you know. And and all, your dance is wrestling, and my yeah. dance is songwriting, you know, and and creation. So yeah, totally. Time disappears,
1: and it's it. it uh, and it's like as I get older and, and and you know podcasting kind of replaced wrestling for me for for a long time and still does whether as a creator or a, a listener but like it's 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 you still get that itch like especially in particular down days where like i, I it reminds me of being that mc teenager <laughs> right. it's like and like if i could just you know pick up that guitar again and and and, and get in the ring yeah. and and just just do it it's and it's something that you know even just thinking about usually brings a smile to my face and and uh it's it's and i think that's what that's the whole purpose of doing it when you're young is so that you know kind of like you said with the the digital implant of of the future of podcasting where it's available just as a as a replayable memory or or you know um, content that's what it is for me that's it's it's still there (laughs) uh so, like, it's it's something that uh, I say in the next one, 12 to 24 months, I'm going to get back into ring shape and do again at least one more it. time. I totally um,
0: support that but even decision. If I,
1: oh, yeah. And, and even if I don't, like, it's not a big deal. But, like, the idea is, like, you know what? It's something that. I should do one more time, because yeah, why you not? It, like, you feel it
0: in your gut, man. It's like, why Why not? Yeah, that's the big question. Like, Why yeah. wouldn't you, if you feel that movement in there stirring, like it's only society that says, oh, well, you've outgrown that, or you've, you know, it's like, you should just let that die, or whatever. It's like, why? I don't, like, why would you do that? You would never tell your kid to do that. You know, why would you yeah. tell I- yourself to do that?
1: it's it, going back to like a kevin smith uh, idiom that he, he likes to say or, or whatever is is why not like there's so many people in the world that ask you why or do you want to do this thing like why like everyone's why yeah. you know there's it's rare to, to find a why not person and uh that's something that like i i've really gravitated towards is like well if i have this idea why not like don't be my own obstacle. Don't ask myself why. Don't let other people ask why, and flip it on them and say why not? Like, right. Why can't I do this? Totally. Yeah.
0: Has has uh, your kids ever seen any of that VHS magic? Uh,
1: no. They they uh, there's been my son has seen a couple clips that uh, I have uh, on my phone that someone sent to me as nice. they were they were watching a match, and I. I w- my daughter probably she's she's uh she'll be four in may so she's okay. just under under four now i And i mean she would get it and see it but i i don't know that she would actually care my right. son actually knows what wrestling is and 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 um, has watched it, has watched it a few times so i feel very comfortable being able to pop in the dvd and letting him watch it <laughs> and, awesome. and uh him not like freaking out about it too. and i also like and it's, it's, it's another reason that I, I want to do it again is so that I can do it one time and let them be in the audience and watch watch their dad oh, make an okay. ass out of himself. Great. I
0: love it. I but, love it. Yeah, it's been super cool with my son. Miles is like he's been like I was in this Beatles tribute band and we did a couple of shows and he was totally on stage with me for like half a set. One at one of the shows, he was up there in his little, you know, his little outfit, you know, he's looking adorable, adorable as the day is long. And, And I gave him a shaker and he's standing up there just like bobbing with the shaker you know playing and i you know it's like oh my god this is brilliant and it's like so i can only imagine i hope that he that's part of the reason why i really got back into the music was like i want him to be around that i want him to be surrounded by that and you know it's like i don't want to put any pressure on you son but i sure would be nice to have you in the band you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and that's like my son like he he knows what a podcast is at least to the point where like sometimes i'll say well daddy can't uh can't go to grandma's for dinner tonight because i gotta record a podcast or like uh he he's been my my shed is turning into my studio but before i did the remodel i had stuff set up in there so like randomly he'd want to go in there and play with the mixer and talk into the microphone and and record like we would record little five minute podcasts here and there and he to the point where like now that i had now once it's uh, the 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 studio's done. I'll have my old mixer is, is you know it, it has like it's like a big mixer but like only two channels work like not a lot on it works anymore. <laughs> that's awesome. uh, but he's like, can I can I have this? I'm like, you got to get your room clean and we need to get you a desk. But yeah, we'll set this up with oh, you and your microphone great. and and uh, you know you have an old computer that I'm sure is good enough to to hit record on. So like totally like if you want your own little thing and. That's yeah I, I love the idea that he's into podcasting he says he doesn't want to do anything with film or anything but he has this little v tech watch yeah. that before uh christmas he was walking around with like and talking to his sister and said action and would like film his sister <laughs> and like I talk about when, it, like, I, I when I was uh, in my late twenties, like, I it suddenly clicked with me that, like, hey, I kind of, I think I want to make a movie one day. Yeah. So I talk about that every now and then, and, and he hears me do that. So I think that's why he did it. But like, I we in in twenty eighteen, I use my phone for a camera now. So so yeah. our. Uh, our HD little camcorder literally was sitting around doing nothing so he got that for christmas and great. he just runs around the house shooting whatever he wants with it he thinks he's cool and <laughs> awesome. it's 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 cool like i i i i sent my uh, fiance a text one day i said he's walking around saying action with it you know and filming his sister to which she uh, responded saying it's like your dream come true like he's going to be a filmmaker and you're it. and you're going to be so happy i'm like damn right i'm going to be happy yeah that's great. How old is he? He's six. He wow, six.
0: that's great. That's really impressive.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's much. He's my he's my sensitive kid. He's he's a lot like me. I was a very sensitive kid growing up. Yeah. Uh, but but he he I he seems to understand um the the creative side of things much earlier than I did. Like I I, I honestly don't think I felt like I was a creative. Uh. In hindsight, when I was a teenager doing the wrestling, but but at the time until I hit my mid-20s and, and thought that I wanted to, to – uh, or had the thought to start, you know, looking into making a film. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm glad that – because I never picked up a camera with the idea to shoot film uh, right. or a movie or anything like that right. uh, until – I. I mean, technically, I still have never picked up a camera to say I want to shoot a film. Right. Uh, but I've I've written stuff now, like you know, oh, in awesome. my mid twenties to now, like I've written a couple of things that, like, you know, uh, that's that's where my creativeness I feel really kind of like jump started. Mm. His mm-hmm. is starting at six, and, and I, that. You know that makes me smile. That that he seems to be a creative kid, and and even oh, my man. my daughter, his sister, seems to, you know, she has her own little uh, creativeness in her uh, and and whatnot. And and it's I'm really excited that they they're like that because that's something that I want to blossom in them. And and as much as like, uh, you know, the school is important and whatnot in college. Like I'm totally, I am. I don't think my fiance is, but I'm okay with like the kids <laughs> right. saying. Uh, you know, uh, I I, I kind of want to go to film school, and I want I want to yeah. you know maybe get like a you know whatever a, a two year film school is or whatever it is. Like I'm okay with them doing what they love versus
0: totally dying.
1: yeah yeah without a doubt.
0: Well, and and the the landscape of education and and careers by the time they're of age to be handling that or having to make decisions around that is. Is going to be so different. Like the fact that they do and are starting out so much younger, because Miles is the same way. I mean, he's just like he's doing stuff at two and a half that I feel like I was like it took me until I was like four yeah. to do. Right. Like he's just doing. He's just so verbal and he's got all these ideas and he's super. it was just like super there, like like super present and 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 smart. I feel like like at, my, at that age for me, I was just like a bowl of jelly, man. Yeah. I didn't know what was yeah. going you know and um so yeah like that you know give them another decade and then you know another five on top of that it's like they're going to their world is going to be unbelievably different than our world yeah. and they're going to have to navigate a whole new series of of challenges and and benefit you know a whole a whole new series of benefits i mean just with life extension and nanotech and biotech and all of these kinds of things that are coming down the pipe and how how we're going to even absorb information like i said you know i mean at some point you may be able to just download that shit and then what you know it's like who has access to the best downloads you know i don't i don't know and like the gaming thing that the gamification of education where it's like you're an immersed 3d environment where you're you know you got your headset on and you're you're taking these experiences in as visceral as you can in a virtual setting you know but way more intense than any history book has ever been written you know, it's like if you can suddenly be oh. virtually in Normandy, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> instead of reading about it in a book or, you know, you can almost have that if you watch Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> you know, I mean, you yeah. watch it on a 40 foot screen and that's pretty confronting, you know, yeah. but imagine being in that environment, like 3D really surrounded by it. it's like. That's you know there there are going to be qualities that, that that our kids are going to have to evolve and I think that that points to why they're so much more they seem so much more advanced in many ways so much sooner yeah. is that I think evolution is saying these fucking kids are going to have to ratchet it up yeah. because the world you are creating is is going to require of them things that you wouldn't have been able to handle at that age yeah and subsequently and in your adulthood you're going to have to be able to handle that much more. And uh, so, yeah, it's like, wow, you know, how does that because it's environment that shapes evolution. I mean, evolution basically just does its thing, you know, in a normal pace, whatever that timeline is until something from the outside punctuates that normalcy and suddenly requires this massive shift in the behavior patterns and the genetic patterns of the creatures who are living this in this totally new environment. It's like so we're creating that like we're creating our own evolutionary Shift. We're not. We don't even have to wait for a comet or a, a you know a, a asteroid do it for us. Like we ha- we're doing it to ourselves. That's, yeah,
1: I, I never looked at it that way. That's that's interesting. And and like on the nose, like it, it's it is because I, I often look at my my daughter who who is admittedly almost four, but like I look at her, and I'm like, how are you three? Like you seem like you should be in kindergarten. And I look <laughs> at right, my kindergarten, totally. I'm like, how are you only six? I feel like you should be in fifth grade already. Like it it's it, oh it is my. nuts uh like how um much more advanced they both are Like, and obviously i don't remember being three or or four or five or anything like that right. but
0: i actually do believe it or not i was i do remember i have a memory from when i was one or two but definitely one sticks out if when i was uh, two like two two and a half max okay, okay. Because I remember the location, and I remember—I mean, I remember it vividly. Because obviously, it was like super <laughs> traumatic, and uh, and you know, and then we moved, and and we moved after that experience. And I know, you know, what year, or what age I was when I moved to the new location. So it's like I know where that's what, where, you know, a year that's from. So it's crazy to think about. And I, you know, I definitely had a sense of, of awareness, but in terms of my skill set, <clears throat> which I think, and and I think to that point it's it's important to think about how we do that generation a disservice by putting them in the same education model that we stumbled yeah. through in our generation it's like to just rehash this old model for a, for a you know almost genetically <laughs> more advanced yeah. uh, brain uh, is it's a disservice to those kids you know like so for me it's like I like we have no intention of putting miles in a public school to be honest like not here not in Texas <laughs> you know and I'm not I'm not saying that they're all bad but I'm saying you know they're not nearly as good as like a Waldorf or a Montessori type school mm. in my opinion you know or or a Steiner school which is what they have in uh, New Zealand and Australia you know like they're just so much more holistic in their approach To working with different intelligences and in real life experiences and like where things like kids are out there gardening getting their hands dirty like they're working with technology but they're not being babysat by it you know they're working with their hands and learning how to build and take responsibility and 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 communicate with each other and work out differences instead of tattling and just like really subtle qualitatively different things because that that kind of education brought out into the world and in, in, in mass has a ripple effect across the entirety of society, as opposed to a bunch of people being trained to be good cogs in a machine that, that, that rules yeah. you from the top down, you know, which is, which is the, our previous generations, you know, and, and we're still shedding that, but I think it is shedding pretty
1: yeah, rapidly. And, and I, I feel like I'm part of the last Generation, or maybe like even there's a mixed percentage of people in my generation where, um, like for like my parents were like, you got to go to college and you know what, be a teacher because being a teacher means you get summers off and you're well paid and blah 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 blah. And and I I think if I was given the mindset of, you know what, find what you want to do and 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 we'll be you know very supportive. And not that my parents weren't supportive, but It it was, they, they, you know, they didn't graduate from college and they wanted, that's what they wanted, you know, me to do. But that's, that wasn't for me. Like had I been given the, the opportunity to like go to a legitimate wrestling school, that was, that would have been what I I probably did. That would (laughs) have been. So, so, but it was, it was instilled on me that I had to try to go to a real, you know, a real college and and get a real education. And uh, you know, that's, Right. I think that's like the last of uh, of that. I think today's parents um a majority of them at least are of the I'm hoping at least are of the mindset of oh you want to be a filmmaker go to film school like like you know don't
0: mm-hmm.
1: support so instead instead yeah. of trying to live
0: through their kids uh you know their unlived dreams and and desires they actually honor what the child yeah. Or, well now adult you know as they're going in but but th- the kid really what what giving them some sense of volition about their own life I mean even with we actually just took our son out of one of his daycares he had two different daycares um, because he didn't like it like it was just a constant you know we take him there he's you know, we cry we limit mean, obviously there's an adapt you know, they have to adapt to the environment or whatever, but mm-hmm. that window didn't end. You know, it was like, he was often saying like, I don't want to go tomorrow. You know, I don't, I'm not, I don't like it, you know? And, and then we'd pick him up and he'd be crying and, you know, and it's like, and I just went there and I, I just, I just wasn't feeling it. And I thought, Oh, maybe, you know, I'll give it a chance because there was some benefits to it, you know? And, and, but I was just, I wasn't feeling it. He wasn't feeling it. And I was just like, you know, I think my parents, you know, they didn't know any better, but it was just like, they would have just said, you know, you have to go and, you know, we're paying for it. you have to go. And that's that. I wouldn't have had any volition in that. I don't think maybe. Um, <clears throat> but I definitely was mindful of the fact, like, I didn't feel like I did. Therefore, yeah. I'm going to give him his say in this experience, you know, but it was strange. Like when I was texting, texting my partner, I was like telling her, I was like, i was like i don't like this place and and miles you know he's totally terrified when i dropped him off today he didn't want me to leave and blah blah, blah. And, and the kids were loud and obnoxious and it was very you know chaotic in there and then you know <clears throat> and we kind of went back and forth and i said well i'll ask him when i pick him up today if he wants <laughs> to stay you know I'm talk- we're talking about a two and a half year old but i'm like i'm gonna get his opinion because he knows he knows what he wants and he knows what he doesn't and and so he was just like, man, I, don't, you know, basically, <laughs> man, I don't want to go. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, so we should we take you out and we'll just take you back to this other one and blah blah. blah. And he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, I'm like, okay, yeah. well there it is. You know, decision made. <laughs> so I think that's just like the more they take on that responsibility of like, hey, man, you have some control of the life, your life, the less likely those kinds of kids are going to be easily ruled by. Mm -hmm. malevolent types of leaders because they're just not going to listen to these ding dongs. They're not going to be like, like, who are you? And why should I give a rat's ass what you're telling me right now? you know, and that, you know, obviously that can be challenging if you're the parent, (laughs) you know, in a teenage, you know, with a teenager. But I think if you've done your job and this is conjecture and I, and it's also because I've seen good parenting, what I consider good parenting because the results are kids, even that through that quote unquote rebellious phase, where they're just like, there's still this really good bond of and and and, and uh, lines of communication and openness. It's like, I met my um, uh, partners, like her her friends from, uh, or one of her friends from high school. And I met like their family when we were up North visiting uh, her her family. And we passed through and, and met them. And, you know, it's a husband and wife and they have, I don't know, it's, one or two, it's like three kids, but the kids were like all teenagers, right? But the kids were like, So in love with their parents, there was none of this like weird disdain and like all that kind of stuff that we sort of associate with teens, you know, it's like there was just so much love and they like missed their like their (laughs) parents were like the ones who were like, we need to go like we need to take a break. You know, and the the and the, the kids were like, "Oh, come on! When are you guys gonna come back? Come on, mom and dad, we miss you." You know, I'm like, "What is happening here?" And and but I realized, like, it because they they gave their kids volition. It was never this authoritative. I mean, I'm sure there was times like that where it's like, but but it was totally done with that. The utmost benevolence and and sense of like this, I'm drawing this boundary because it's important mm. for you. I'm trying to keep you safe, you know. Um, but it was it was never arbit. It felt like it was like rarely arbitrary, which for me growing up was not the case. Like I felt like there was a lot of really arbitrary decisions being made that I felt like were not landing on my side, you know, only because yeah, exactly. it was inconvenience or whatever that looked like. And and so subsequently, I was a rebellious teenager like always questioning everything my mother would say to me because i'm like yeah how how does that make any sense (laughs) i was like why don't you explain that decision to me like you know and just that kind of because i i never have felt a sense of like you're doing this because you care you're doing it because you want to be in control and you want to have power in the situation because that's going to make you feel good you know, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, man, screw that. I just, that's the power dynamics. Are just not interested in that. Like, I just love my kid and I, and I got to draw boundaries with them sometimes because, you know, you, mm-hmm. because it's important for their safety and development. And I'm going to give him as much latitude as I can give him. Uh, to just explore and be a kid and yeah. do all those, and he's gonna do dumb shit, right? It's like all of that, author- all that authority from your <laughs> exactly. parents and my parents yeah. didn't stop us for doing a bunch of dumb shit, right? So, so I think if you're just there with them and saying, "Hey, man, you're free to explore that. And you do whatever you want. Here's the things that it will tell yes. you that are potentially dangerous," you know, and and because like I, my my buddy's friend, his mom was like, "If you guys are gonna," yeah, she's great big old southern woman. She's like, if you guys are going to party, you're just going to party here in the house with us. And, uh, you know, so I know where you are and there's no driving and da 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 And I was like, you have the most kick-ass mom ever, dude. You know, and we are like 15, 16, 17 years old, but we're in the house, in the living room, just drinking like fish, just going crazy. And she's just in the living room watching her show and whatever. And, you know, some people would be like, what? That's terrible. You know, you're just, you're, you're uh, facilitating or, you know, <clears throat> and, uh, and I was, I was like, no, like what she's doing is, is, is not vilifying this thing so that we run off and do it yeah. someplace else and end up getting hurt or hurting somebody else. Like she's creating a safe space for us to experiment. None of this shit's going to kill us. Like she, you know, if somebody had been really crossing the line getting violent or something was going on or somebody passed out, like there would be an adult there who could help solve the situation instead of a bunch of dumb, drunk teenagers, you know? And like, to me, that made the most sense of all. Cause like you saying no is not going to stop the thing from happening. It's exactly, kind of only yeah. going to make the thing happen someplace that's, else. That's
1: exactly you know? how yeah. you know, yeah. I, <laughs> my parents were 100% against me drinking underage and I still drank underage. <laughs> it happened. So so, and, and I was course, as safe as I could be because I feel like I was uh, uh, smart about it even as a teenager. But, you know, I say that and I look back and there was many a yeah. time that I was not yeah. smart about it. And, you know, who knows if, if them letting me, uh, you know, drink under their roof or something would have prevented some of the stupid mistakes I made. But it, it, it definitely wouldn't have uh, – it, it wouldn't have hurt <laughs> to, to – just like, you know, listen, and I, I believe I've used I right. use the excuse of tell me you guys didn't drink when you were underage. And of course, that's the, you know, they're going to say, well, that doesn't matter. And then I'm going to rebel against it. Like, you know, so it's I, I'm hoping that everything that I've said right. since I was, you know, a teenager to, to this day, I stick with and, and kind of just remember, like, listen, like you got to let them make stupid mistakes. Just be be there for them when they when they do it totally yeah exactly um yeah, all right so net, uh you know uh, totally. throughout this entire interview i didn't uh confirm how to uh pronounce your name here so i'm just going to take a wing at it right now uh shaman
0: well, te- you know the thing is, either way is fine. Sha- I go by I go by Shaman John because it's an alliteration thing, Shaman John. Um, okay. but, te- but technically, it's a Siberian term, and it's been pronounced kind of both ways for centuries. Okay. century. So I don't think it really matters, but. Um, but yeah, one of my Native American friends did say it's supposed to be shaman, and I'm like, "Well, dude, you're Crow, man. You don't. You're not from Siberia, so how do you know? Were you we <laughs> there when they started? You know." But he's giving me shit about it, which is fine. But yeah, I, it, you know, it, it really came about because it's a, it's it's a sort of a. I mean, I have studied shamanism a bit, and I'm yeah. definitely interested in in um, what I would consider like plant medicinal plants you know that help expand consciousness um and most it's mostly a stage name you know because uh, previously okay. I went under the moniker John Prophet so that was a, that was an album I released under that moniker and then I had an album before that called Rosemary Silence which was a band and uh and I like the idea in, in indigenous cultures uh, certain indigenous cultures, <clears throat> they have this uh, ritual of changing their name as they go through certain phases of their life. And so, you know, in their in their youth that well, they're born, they're given the name, right? So the, the parents yeah. give them or the village gives them their name. But at a certain age, they basically have the volition to change their name to a new name, mm-hmm. what feels more congruent to them. And typically, they do that along with these major phases of life. So it'd be, you know, teenage years, and then you get married, and you know, you're in a relationship, and now you're a parent. So that's a new phase. And then you're, you know, the parents are the kids are grown and they're out of the out of the village or doing their own thing, and now you're in going into, you know, middle age or late age. And so each time you go through these phases, you you give yourself the name that feels appropriate to you. And so that's part of the whole Shaman John thing for me. It was like I went from John Prophet, which had a certain certain brand behind it and a certain way of being on stage and musically what it was. And now like Shaman John is kind of more more earthy and more grounded and more you know um yeah more philosophical (laughs) i guess or something like that you know so the music kind of morphs with that and the vibe and the imagery and it's sort of just this moving and it it, but it really is parallel because now i'm a parent you know now i'm a dad and so that's a different vibe for me that's a new phase for me and so yeah it's 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 that that's the whole ride, so this is a long way to answer your question shaman John but but that's the story Because like, people are like shaman john what what does that even mean and you know and like and how do you like you said how do you pronounce it and, and people call me just shaman, and I'm like, well, it's not my name isn't shaman last name john (laughs) like it's just a nickname it's just shaman john you know yeah and um and so yeah it's just interesting to to play with that and to play with that in public you know where it's like I'm no longer David. I now want you to call everyone to call me Larry. And you know, I've had friends who've totally changed their name like that. At least my name has been consistent. It's been John yeah. the whole way through, yeah. you know, but it's John prophet or John Hamlin or Shaman, John, or, you know, these kinds of things. And, uh, and none of it is my birth certificate name, which is funny. Um, but yeah, it's like when you're a person who's like got a normal name and then it's like, Oh, and now I'm going to change that normal name to an entirely different otherwise normal name like certain people have a real hard time with that shift like all yeah. your old friends just like you know i don't i don't i'm not gonna call you that i've always known you as dan i'm gonna call yeah. you dan yeah it's like what i'm i don't feel like dan anymore <laughs> like i feel like tom or well, whatever.
1: i mean you're talking to a person who used to introduce themselves uh, on on podcast and and uh, and wrestling as steel tip so i i have oh great. Yeah, steel tip and, Damn. And I still have. If I ever bump into uh, old, old wrestling pals of mine, they'll still either call me Steel Tip or Steel or Tip, and like or or St. Like they still just call me by my wrestling That's name. Awesome. And it's I have That's to take it. a second, and be like, wait, what? Because <laughs> like it totally, it probably
0: triggers all kinds of like chemicals in yeah, your body when I, that happens, wanna... just from that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just want to grab a chair and start swinging it. <laughs> just go to town. No, uh, I, going down, I, because it's I I left that behind because that was just such a different persona that I had as that entertainer, uh, yeah. and, and now it's it's I just literally go by Kev. Yeah, I, I go by Kev. Yeah. you know my my birth name. Uh, uh, you know, in in when I speak, but like everything that I write when it's related to entertainment is nerdy Kev or that nerdy Kev or. I've embraced right. like the 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 nerdy side of my life, Uh and, right. and not so much the. I don't even know. Like I guess the 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 wrestling jerk. Uh, the steel tips. The, side the, side the side heel. Side I the I was a ma- I was a big old bad guy. I was a heel when I when I did the steel tips right. gimmick. So. uh I love
0: it. It's like Andy Kaufman. It feels very Andy Kaufman esque. Yeah. That's I what was, it
1: to the point where like i think about it like if i came back and wrestled like i don't even know if i could like go by the name steel tip anymore i just don't i don't feel like that guy anymore like that was a completely different person even if he was completely fake like he was an entertainer it was never kev it was it was an extension of my like of of a humor i had uh maybe but it was never me so it's like it's so weird to think about like man if i do get in shape again and i do hop in the ring one more time what am i going to call myself because nerdy like nerdy kev's out right. here like, like nerdy Kev, <laughs> yeah, I'm a
0: wrestling, yeah, as a wrestling character that does, so.
1: but you know, contrast is
0: powerful yeah. in art. <laughs> so there might be, especially like if you don't, if you look like really decked out and like you know you play against yeah. type, as it were. So you're like you're called nerdy Kev, but you just look like the Darth Lord or something <laughs> yeah. like that, you yeah. know, or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, nerdy Kev. <laughs> All right, that, that schism in people's brain makes yeah, it memorable. it's
1: going to be interesting when when I get to that point. Not if when I get to that point when I make that decision. There you go. Uh, all scary. right, uh, before we officially yeah. let you go, uh, shoot out all the plugs that you have yeah. and and whatnot, uh, so people can find you and your and your craft.
0: Yeah. Totally, totally. So uh, Instagram is uh Creative, and another Instagram is Conscious Creatives Camp, and then it's Conscious Conscious Creatives Camp dot com and com, and then the net is the podcast but you can just look up the wisdom distillery on itunes or stitcher or google uh play as well and um that's about it
1: yeah, cool, 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 and all of those places will be in the show notes as well, uh, so awesome. that you don't have to uh, crash your car trying to get to them. Uh, Perfect. So uh, very safe. We we promote safe driving here.
0: <laughs> safe driving, people. Uh, Keep your eye on the road and your hand off the phone. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: thank you for doing the show. It was a pleasure talking to you. I feel like yeah, okay. we uh, scratched a surface about podcasting, and that's about it. And I feel like there's, I, I, I'm going to have to have you back on the show at some point so we can just talk about other, uh, things that you've done, uh, with your traveling and your, in your music.
0: Totally. I'd love to, man.
1: Thanks to Shaman John once again, for being on the show. Uh, such a great conversation. Like I said, at the top of the show, really enjoyed it. This is, you know, um, these ones that happen like, you know, randomly that, that, uh, I don't have any connection to. They, these tend to end up being like a, a five-star performance uh, conversation slash interview. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I want to thank you, the the listeners, for uh, you know spending the last hour or so with us. You know you can, uh, you know you can be doing anything with your time, and you've you spent an hour with us. I hope you spend an hour with us every week um, or more if 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 you subscribe to Patreon and whatnot i am uh this show everything is awesome is part of the core temp arts podcast network so there's a ton of great shows on core temp uh that are similar to this that are different than this that you can be listening to um i also run a podcast network that's entertainment podcast network that you can find on that entertains that you can find on that entertains.com slash network and uh you know there's great shows there that are completely different than this and uh, we're, we're building that up as, as each month goes by. So check that out. And again, you know, patreon.com slash that entertains, at Real Awesome on Facebook and Twitter, and I'm at that cav on Twitter. For Everything is Awesome, you can find us right here on awesomepodcast.com. We are part of the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network at coretemparts.com. We've been awesome! Thank you for listening to the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network. To listen to more Core Temp Arts shows,
0: visit coretemparts.com.